Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You are listening to the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball Podcast, where we use our expertise in the world of sports, as well as medicine, to bring you the most up-to-date injury news and analysis. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball Podcast season number two. Already four episodes in, coming to you live right now, I guess, on a bi-weekly basis. I'm Dr. Physical Therapy Brandon Bowers, and I am joined, as always, by Dr. Physical Therapy Aaron Berger. Aaron, it's been a couple weeks since we last sat down and chatted. Uh, we talked about a unique injury to Carlos Correa just a couple weeks ago, and we got another unique one that we don't typically hear about that we'll talk about later on tonight. But it's been a couple weeks. How have you been? I've been well, man. Just still studying for boards. Uh, just taking advantage of the nice weather here in Pittsburgh. Uh, actually, today, you'll like this. This is a big deal for any, anyone that moves to a new town. I, I found my new barber in Pittsburgh. It, it, any, anytime you move to a new city – uh, that's one thing you definitely want to get squared away is getting a new barber. It sounds very, uh, very minor, but pretty pumped about it. That's huge. I actually uh, just last week switched to a new barber because I wasn't too thrilled with the cut that I was getting at my old place. And so I'm right there with you. I mean, a great barber where you can get a, ni- a nice cut and then you get the straight razor next to shave is always good. And then I don't, I don't know about you. I wear, I wear a beard and have facial hair. So the ability to trim a nice beard too is also very important when you're going through this process. Absolutely. I, I don't have facial hair myself as I look like I am an adolescent just trying to grow <laughs> facial hair. Um, so I, I just choose not to do it at all. Uh, but if I had one, I mean, I, I would definitely be looking fat as well. And, and the whole the whole charcoal face mask thing that they do, it's just really advanced here within the past past few years. Yeah, it's, it's really come a long way. So I'm glad you found a new place to call home out in Pittsburgh. I appreciate that, Brandon. More than, more, more than words can say. <laughs> Hopping right in, Aaron. Corey Seeger, I'll let you kick things off here. A hamstring strain out there for the Dodgers. Sure. The 2016 Rookie of the Year and two-time All-Star Corey Seeger can't seem to catch a break for the Dodgers. Uh, as, as you know, Brandon, last year he was out with, with a, uh, after his Tommy John surgery, and then he also had a hip surgery in August. Um, was, was healthy coming into um, 2019. Um, but unfortunately, he was placed on the IL on Thursday, June 13th with a hamstring strain. Um, the MRI that they, that they took revealed a grade two hamstring strain, which is right in the middle. We have grade one, grade two, and grade three as far as strains and sprains are concerned. Um, so grade, th- grade two, we're looking at a partial tear, um, looking at a return to play four to six weeks here for, for Corey Seager. Um, and that hamstring is obviously, obviously just that muscle that runs along the backside of the thigh. Um, helps with deceleration, acceleration, which is a major muscle group of the of the leg. Um, and we've talked about on previous episodes, Brandon, these these injuries can either heal really well pretty quickly or um, they can tend to linger. Um, but I'm sure that the Dodgers, that they finally have Corey Seager back in the lineup this year, um, and they're, they're once again a, a, a super team out there in L.A., they'll probably take it pretty slow getting him back um, so they can have him for the postseason run. Um, as far as his replacement, Chris Taylor's been playing shortstop. Um, since Seager was put on the IL, 
he's doing okay, uh, but obviously not, nothing like Corey Seager can do for them. Yeah, this is a tough blow for a young guy who can't seem to stay, to stay healthy over the past few years and dealing with that grade two hamstring strain. And I believe it was uh, last week, last time we recorded, maybe the time before we discussed a grade two hamstring injury. I think it was to Josh Harrison that actually ended up requiring surgery. So It was, yes. Yeah, so like you were saying, it looks like this can be managed conservatively and, mm-hmm. and fingers crossed for Seager and the Dodgers that it doesn't have to progress to that surgical intervention in nature. But uh, you said four to six weeks, you hit the nail right on the head there. And we'll see where things go here for Corey Seager out in L.A. Within the same division, Nolan Arenado for the Rockies was hit by a pitch and sustained a forearm contusion, which is the best-case scenario when it comes to being hit by a pitch. Typically, with these hit-by-pitch injuries, be it to the arm, the leg, you're, you're really dealing with one of two scenarios. You're dealing with the, the best-case scenario, which is the contusion, which is just a bruise. Uh, and then the other scenario would be a fracture uh, of a bone and so Arenado dodged a bullet here dealing with that forearm contusion this was last Wednesday that occurred uh, so that would have been on the 12th of June he played the next day but then sat the bench the, uh, the, the following day on Friday and came off the bench as a pinch hitter x-rays were negative he's back to, to full strength and, and there should be no long-term concerns here for Arenado so again forearm contusion didn't get placed on the IL missed a game but back up to speed out there for the Rockies a dangerous player he is out there in the in the uh the old Rocky Mountains. Moving a little bit, a uh, little north up to Toronto. Uh, congratulations to the Toronto Raptors, by the way, dethroning the uh, Golden State Warriors finally. Yes, yes, uh, indeed. The claw. I lo- board man gets paid. That's what they say up there in the north. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Ken Giles, the closer for the, for the uh, Blue Jays, uh, was placed on the aisle on June 12th with some elbow inflammation. Um, he, Giles himself said it was from throwing ba- uh, back-to-back days, and he wasn't quite recovering as quickly ha- as he usually does after doing that. So they threw him on the IL. Um, he's not con- he, he, Giles himself isn't too concerned about this. Um, he doesn't think he'll need more than the minimum ten days on the IL. Um, we were we were talking before the show, Brandon. And we, we were just talking about these inflammation or soreness injuries that that guys come up with, um, and and the real. The real kicker is you have to find out where that inflammation is coming from, right? Is it the UCL, which is that the ligament on the inner, inner aspect of the elbow? Um, it could be that uh, the flexor pronator uh, muscles that are, that are right along that UCL. Um, so I'm sure if, if, if he's getting imaging, I'm sure that they've done that um, just to make sure it's nothing more sinister. Um, maybe they've done an injection. I'm not sure, just to calm that inflammation down. Um, but yeah, you just have to find the source of that inflammation just, to, just so it doesn't linger. Um, but we should expect to see Giles back here pretty soon. And he's actually a nice trade chip for the, for the Blue Jays. They're pretty much out of contention um, in the AL. Um, so they were, uh, all, all the articles I was reading is that they want to get him healthy so he might be able to uh, be traded because there is only one trade deadline this year in the LB. Right. I mean, to have him not be on the block as damaged goods with an elbow issue would be ideal for, for Toronto. So we'll see what happens out there with Ken Giles. Anytime, and we've talked about this at length on previous podcasts, but anytime you're dealing with the elbow of a pitcher, everybody kind of treads lightly and, and progresses slowly just to make sure it doesn't get anything worse, as you mentioned, the UCL. So hopefully it's just the inflammation. They're able to identify the cause of that, uh, get that calmed down, and get him back out there for Toronto. Definitely. Robinson Cano for the Mets has been dealing with a quad strain. The initial injury occurred back on May 22nd, so almost a month ago. And uh, he was placed on the IL on June 5th. Um, He has been reactivated off of the IL uh, as of just a couple days ago. 
And so he has made his return, getting up there in age a little bit. So it's, uh, as we've talked about before, it's important to keep an eye on these soft tissue type injuries, the hamstrings, the calves, in his case, the quad, as they are susceptible for, for re-injuries. So, uh, so far in, in his time back, he has two hits and seven at-bats with one home run. He's played two games since returning, obviously uh, the 16th and then the 17th. I'm not sure if he's in the lineup tonight, uh, but two hits and seven at-bats so far with, with one ball that has left the yard. He's back playing for the Mets. Again, keep an eye on things long-term as, as this thing may bark at him again. But if he's back to full strength and adequately able to attenuate load through that quad, uh, running around the bases, getting out of the box, he shouldn't have any issue, but definitely something worth keeping an eye on. Mitch Hanniger, Aaron, for the Mariners. <laughs> this is uh, an injury we don't hear about too often. Uh, and I'll let you uh, explain this one to the listeners. Absolutely. You preluded this a little bit in the introduction, uh, but Mitch Hanniger, outfielder for the, for the Mariners, an all-star in 2018, so he's no chump. Um, but unfortunately, uh, on June 6th, he uh, fouled a ball off his genital area. So that's never a good time. That's definitely a lot worse than fouling off your ankle or your, or your foot or something like that. Um, it was first reported by the Mariners media as a testicular con contusion, which is just a bruise. Uh, but it was discovered to be a ruptured testicle, um, and they did surgery on June 7th to um, repair the tear. Uh, the, the structure that actually gets torn during this, Brandon, as you know, is the tunica albuginea. Um, mm -hmm. so, so you want to go in, uh, suture that up, make sure, there's, make sure everything's uh, where it's supposed to be, um, and then it, you, you, this should be a pretty uncomplicated rehab process. It's not like you have to strengthen anything. I'm sure he would do some pelvic floor exercises. Sure. Uh, when, when permitted. Um, as far as right now, he's been cleared for light non-baseball activity. Um, and uh, the timetable on his return, obviously they're going to take this very slow. This, this, this presents baseball, right? If he, if he wants to have kids and stuff, this is much more important than playing baseball. Um, so there's no timetable right now as for, for his return. Um, but I'm sure he'll be out there as soon as he can. Yeah. I mean, that's certainly, uh, both being men, not, not, not an area you necessarily <laughs> want to get hit. And I mean, I mean, maybe you can speak to this a little bit more. I, I didn't play baseball beyond middle school. Um, I've just been always been an avid baseball fan. So when you, you, you mentioned you played in college, does it become mm -hmm. a thing that guys, as you progress further in your career, that guys just aren't wearing cups or, I mean, is this something that he maybe was wearing a cup and it hit him so hard that, I mean, he still had the issue or, or I mean, what's the deal there? Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, outside of, I stopped wearing a cup after JV. I, I played infield. I played third base in high school. So I probably should have looking mm -hmm. back. Um, but I guess that's just the, the risk that you run. Our funny story, our JV coach actually used to come up to us before the game with a bat. Cause <laughs> he was a very old school coach. I, I love the guy. Uh, but he would come up and just give you a little, little cup check every now and then. So in JV, you always wore your cup. And I guess it was kind of like a reward whenever you made it to varsity that you didn't have to wear your cup anymore because coach smith wasn't around um <laughs> but i don't think it's as common obviously if you're catching you're going to wear a cup but right Hanniger being an outfielder i can understand why he wouldn't be wearing one but yeah i mean I this isn't this isn't an injury here of all that often so i mean sure it's it's it's, yeah, it's the risk you run I'd, I'd say Hanniger is in a very small minority of individuals who have who end up dealing with this injury uh, yeah absolutely i guess he wishes that he wore a cup red <laughs> hindsight is 2020 yeah. <laughs> Buster Posey for the Giants sustained a hamstring strain uh, not too long ago. He has been activated. This is uh, an injury that occurred since our last podcast and has recovered since the last show as well. Activated on Wednesday, 
has three hits through 11 at-bats since returning um, Wednesday of last week. Bruce Bochy, though, has not played him yet in consecutive games, Aaron. He, he's kind of doing one day playing and then one day off. And so he's taking things slow. Again, a guy who's getting up there in age behind the dish for the Giants. And uh, I would presume that sometime over the next couple of weeks we see him play back-to-back games. I'm not, I, I didn't see where he's, uh, where he's playing tonight or if he's in the lineup. But, again, hasn't played two days in a row just as a precautionary thing to make sure that this – another soft tissue injury – that is susceptible to recurrence doesn't happen again. So look for him to start to get back to his previous workload over the next couple of weeks and proceed forward here without issue. Dylan, Dylan Covey. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry Brent. You're good. Go ahead. <laughs> Dylan Covey, uh, starting pitcher for the White Sox, dealing with some shoulder inflammation. Um, like you were saying earlier, Brandon, anytime we, we see a pitcher with a shoulder or an elbow on that throwing side, uh, they're definitely going to be cautious looking for the real – cause of inflammation um, in the shoulder. We're looking at the labrum, which is just a ring of cartilage that kind of um, adds more surface area um, to that glenoid. That's the, uh, the socket part of the joint. Um, so that the, the labrum kind of comes up like a golf tee almost just to add more surface area to that. Uh, we're also looking at the rotator cuff, which is made up of four muscles um, that just help keep the, the humerus of the, or the upper arm bone within that socket, um, just adding more stability to it. Um, Covey himself went on the IL on June 6th. Um, on June 17th, which was yesterday, he threw a bullpen and threw from 150 feet, telling reporters afterwards that he felt good. Um, this year, he started seven games so far with a 1-4 and four record, uh, 4.58 ERA and 22 Ks, um, and only has one quality start. Um, so hopefully, once he gets healed up, he can uh, have a better second half of the year. He's certainly not wasn't it by anybody. Um, but the, anytime you can get a starting pitcher uh, in, in fantasy, you're going to look for that. Um, he'll likely throw a simulated game before he goes back in MLB goes back in MLB action. Um, but once again, they're just going to want to find the source of this inflammation, um, whether it's far, uh, pharmacologically, just calming it down, going through the rehab process. Um, but we should see him out there relatively soon since he's throwing a bullpen and also thrown from 150 feet. But like I said, he'll do a simulated game or a rehab start before such. All right. Kendry's Morales for the Yankees calf strain. I mean, we, we really should just dedicate a segment of this show to soft tissue injuries and just <laughs> list them. I mean, the story is going to be the same for a lot of these, unless there's anything uh, abnormal, like a, a grade two injury, like Josh Harrison, who has the surgery. Uh, but mm-hmm. a lot of the protocols can be the same here. Left calf strain here for Morales occurred on June 12th. He was placed on the IL on June 13th. It, it, this was initially just calf tightness, which often is a symptom that we see after a, a strain injury occurs. And this occurred after the first game of the Yankees doubleheader on June 11th. That was last Tuesday. He was acquired from the Athletics on May 14th and had not been playing well since he arrived in New York. He was only batting 177 with one home run across 19 games. So a guy that's in his mid-30s dealing with this soft tissue injury. We're beating a dead horse here, Aaron, but this is something that has the potential to linger. If it's grade one in nature, we're looking about two to four weeks. Anything more than that, grade two, uh, four to six-week type window. But he was just placed on the IL excuse me, as of the 13th and is going to be out for at least the foreseeable future. Potential that he's out until after the All-Star break. The team hasn't made that designation just yet, but just given the nature of this thing, there is a chance that we don't see him until the other other half of the season. Definitely. Moving over to the Motor City, Detroit, the, their, their prize prospect, Brandon. I, I was watching some highlights on this guy. He, he, uh, he's pretty impressive. Casey Mize. He is. Yeah, number one overall pick last year. 
Um, he was in, in double A this year with the old Erie Seawolves. He used to play my Altoona curve in the, uh, in the double A uh, uh-huh. Eastern League. Uh, so, yeah, he's in double A this year. 1.21 ERA through nine starts for Mize wow. this year so far. Yeah, and opponent, opponents batting 191 against him. So I'm sure there's some, some guys out there uh, that, that are playing fantasy baseball and they're stashing this guy, whether they, they're playing Dynasty or anything like that, uh, or they're doing redraft, just hoping this guy gets called up sometime this year for a, a playoff push in your fantasy league. Uh, but on June 13th, he was pitching, um, felt pain in his shoulder, and obviously this guy's the number one pick, right? You don't want to be uh, too aggressive with that. So they, they pulled him from the start. Uh, MRI showed inflammation within that shoulder joint. Like I was talking earlier, um, it could be the labrum, could be the rotator cuff, um, but you definitely just want to find out where that inflammation is coming from. He's doing so well this year, um, but they're obviously being very cautious with uh, their number one overall pick. Um, so they'll, they'll definitely, whether they're going to do it pharmacologically, like I said, or go with the rehab route or a mix of both, um, they're going to get that inflammation calmed down, and I'm sure they'll, they'll uh, tread him back out there very slowly because there's no rush this year, really. I mean, really the prize jewel in, in the Motor City uh, across maybe even all of the sports. Uh, was, I mean, they've had a rough, rough way to go lately. <laughs> they've had a rough go. <laughs> I think back to my, uh, my time in college. I went to a small school in Michigan, and, and my, my roommate, um, Justin, was a very large Detroit sports fan. And every year we would place $1 on every Indians-Tigers game. And then whoever wanted to, usually it ended up being enough money one way or the other for a six pack of beer or go out, go out to dinner or something. Uh, Mm -hmm. But the past couple of seasons that the bet has not uh, come through just because I've been beaten up on them so bad. So uh, always a fun. They're impressive. Jordan Lyles for your Pittsburgh Pirates, Aaron, another soft tissue injury, hamstring strain here placed on the injured list on June 10th. And he actually threw a 35-pitch bullpen session on June 15th. So he's moving along quickly. And so mm-hmm. it appears that this is a grade one type injury in nature and that the, 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 the 10 days on the injured, injured list may, may suffice. We'll see where he's at when he hits the, the official 10 days on the 20th, just two days from now. But across 12 starts so far for the Pirates this year, he had a 3.64 ERA, 64 and a third innings pitched and a 1.22 whip. So not too shabby for Lyles. Again, this looks like it's a less severe type hamstring strain and there's a good chance that he's back before the end of the month and if he's not back before the end of the June I would expect to see him back beginning of July. Domingo German for our uh, weekly Yankees segment hip flexor injury he's dealing with a left hip flexor strain that originally occurred on June 9th so nine days ago he actually just played catch for the first time yesterday which is good news and he was scheduled to play catch again today I was, I was sifting around on uh, MLB.com and Twitter to see if I could find any information about that potential session that he threw today, uh, but I couldn't find anything. So for sure he threw yesterday. The pain that he was having on the front of that hip, that hip flexor is comprised of the um, iliacus and the psoas muscles, collectively known as the iliopsoas. It's on the front of the hip. And the pain that he was having through that region is now gone. And he says as of uh, yesterday, this is the best he's felt since being placed on the IL. So they really slowed things down, took him through rehab. He wasn't doing a whole lot of baseball. And now he's starting to get back into those baseball activities. So far this season, 9-2 record, 3.86 ERA, and 9.9 Ks per nine innings. So a guy in, in that Yankees rotation that they are missing right now and will be ecstatic when they can get him to come back. But again, no pain. He's began throwing. I still think he's a few weeks out. But good news here for New York with Domingo German. 
old injuries and one that we're still trying to figure out is Carlos Correa. Has there been any new information? Has he come clean and said that it wasn't a massage that broke his rib? I mean, what's the story here, Aaron? That, I don't think anything's come out. I don't, I don't think you've seen anything either. Um, <laughs> yeah, just a, definitely a, a weird story for Carlos Correa and the, and the Houston Astros. He was placed on the 10-day IL on May 29th. Nothing new there. Um, he should. The reports that I saw are, are saying that he should get back early July before the All-Star break. Um, but we, like we were talking in our last episode, just the, the torsional and twisting motions that come with your, your baseball player, right? Thrown across the diamond, swinging. Um, with that rib fracture, I, I can't see that being too pleasant for him coming back. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they waited until after the All-Star break just to make sure he's, he's 100% ready to go. Um, and with George Springer's coming back pretty soon. So I, like the, the, those Houston Astros, I still think their best, their best baseball is in, in front of them. And I have another guy to talk about later, Jose Altuve. And, and they're playing good baseball without, without all these guys. It's, kinda, it's pretty scary. It really is scary. I mean, when they get back three all-stars into their lineup that are all on the shelf right now, I mean, watch out. I mean, they're just a couple of years removed from winning a World Series, and I think they're positioning themselves here nicely if they can get everybody healthy to be right in the thick of things here again in 2019. Definitely. Joey Gallo for the Texas Rangers is dealing with an oblique strain, initially placed on the injured list on June 2nd. As of the most recent update from the team, he was swinging and taking batting practice indoors as of June 14th. So that is definitely a step in the right direction. There was a little bit of uncertainty as to whether or not he was going to go on a rehab stint uh, just straight up or if he was going to go out to Arizona for full workouts before beginning that rehab stint. The Rangers, after trying to decide what they wanted to do, actually elected to send him out to Arizona. So that's where he is currently working through full workouts and baseball activities out there. And then once he gets back up to game shape, when we're dealing with this oblique type injury, you mentioned the, the rotational component with a lot of movements in baseball, the oblique plays a huge role in that. So once he's back up to game shape, then that's when I anticipate he goes out on a, on a rehab stint, maybe for a couple of games before he comes back. But he's progressing right now without setback and without anything new to note here uh, from a negative standpoint. Again, he's swinging indoors, and now he's back out in Arizona going through full workouts. So I would expect he's a guy that we see back before the All-Star break. Moving down to Kansas City, we have Hunter Dozier, um, initially diagnosed with a chest injury. I never really saw any more details as to what, uh, whether it was muscular, um, whether it was like cartilage within the, the rib cage. Um, I, we were hypothesizing, hypothesizing that it was maybe an oblique like, like Joey Gallo. Uh, but Dozier actually began his rehab assignment on Monday, June 17th. Um, but actually, he's returning to Kansas City later this week as he and his wife, Amanda, are expecting the birth of their second child. So obviously, congrats to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Dozier. Mm -hmm. um, but he will he'll be uh, beginning his rehab assignment again with AAA Omaha after that. So we're, we're assuming next, next Monday, Tuesday, as long as everything goes well with that. Um, so his, his return is still about a week away for uh, Hunter Dozier. I mean, good news, getting close to returning. And then uh, obviously anytime you have the birth of a, a new member of the family, it's an exciting time. So a couple of nice things coming together here for the Dozier family. Awesome. And do you remember his, uh, the gender reveal video that he did? Did you see that? I'm a, I mean, I, I could be wrong. Is it a baseball toss that explodes into a certain color or is this something else? How, how'd you know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know I've seen be, Go ahead. Seems to be the norm. I mean, I'm waiting for, for a baseball player to do something different, like dunk a basketball or something. <laughs> Go cross sport with that. I saw uh, recently yeah. one, of my Cleveland, one of my Cleveland Indians, uh, Jason Kipnis, actually helped out 
uh, a couple that came with with the ball loaded with the the blue or the pink powder, and they threw it to him, and then Kipnis hit it for him. So, oh, was that like a pregame, and they like soft tossed it to him? I think it was. It was, yeah. So, yeah. but I mean, it'd be cool. interesting to see if there's any other things that baseball players or people or big baseball fans can come up with. Because I mean, it's an exciting time for the family, gender reveal, but the, the whole tossing the baseball thing and hitting it. I mean, we've seen sure. it a thousand times. It's it's like a bachelorette party in Nashville. We've seen it, you know. Did you on a, on a completely different note? Did you see the bachelorette parties that were going on in Nashville during the NFL draft? I did. Uh, that was, I, I saw like the Twitter threads. That was hilarious. Yeah, it, was, it was pretty comical. So <laughs> you gotta uh, do your research, Brandon. I know they really do, and uh, obviously <laughs> whoever that party was for uh, didn't, and they and they, and they paid the price. <laughs> Yadier Molina for the St. Louis Cardinals sustained a, a thumb injury a couple weeks ago. It was initially diagnosed as a thumb sprain and a thumb bruise. He returned from the injured list on June 11th. He had surgery on this thumb within the past couple of years, uh, so this was not related to that. He's batting 214 in seven games since coming off the IL with only six hits and 28 at-bats. So not too hot here for one of the best catchers in baseball who has been previously one of the best catchers in baseball. Um, but this shouldn't pose any kind of long-term issue unless he sustains any sort of uh, awkward uh, stress or strain under that thumb. But he has been back for the Cardinals for about a week and is not doing so well at the plate just yet. We'll see if he can heat up here before the All-Star break for the Cardinals because, I mean, when he's on, we, he's shown in previous years he can do it from the plate and he, and he obviously does it behind the dish. So back in action for the Cardinals and uh, all systems go here for Yadier Molina. Love to hear that. Moving down to Houston, another another Astro, a little more straightforward injury for Jose Altuve, um, not not on a massage related. He just updating him from two weeks ago. Um, he began another rehab assignment on Friday, June 14th. And if you remember to our last podcast, he was pulled from his last minor league rehab assignment on May 28th with some fatigue and soreness around his surgically repaired right knee. That just kind of raised some red flags for the Astros, their training staff, their medical staff. Um, so they pulled they pulled him from the from the rehab assignment. Um, and, and anytime you have soreness that far out from a surgery, Brandon, that's certainly not something you want to hear. Um, they've right. been strengthening. They've been strengthening that that whole um, the whole leg. I'm sure, they're doing some glute work just to take some some stress off that knee. Sure. Uh, but it's good that he good that he's uh, starting another rehab assignment. Um, he started that last Friday. So that was the that was June fourteenth. So we're we're predicting him within the next two weeks here to be uh be back in the bigs with the Astros and bringing that uh that loaded lineup back to Houston. That'd be good to see for them. Obviously, as a as a fan of a team that plays the Astros, not with any regularity. Uh, it's nice when you can catch a team with some of these guys not in the lineup to potentially have a little bit better shot to win. But never like to see anybody hurt. And, and good news for the Astros with all three of these guys coming back soon. Corey Kluber from my Cleveland Indians is still dealing with his uh, ulna, ulna fracture and his pitching arm that he sustained way back at the beginning of May, May 2nd. Uh, he's been cleared as of this week, as of the update yesterday, to resume throwing. He was casted for a period of four weeks and then was in a removable splint for two weeks, and then he was in the remo removable splint for two more weeks after that. So here we are, seven or eight weeks removed from the initial injury. He was transferred to the 60-day D or not DL, IL, excuse me, yesterday just to make some room on the active roster for a couple other guys who had gotten hurt. Um, so he, he's been, like I said, cleared to resume throwing. This is really going to be the longest portion of this is really getting his arm and his elbow and his shoulder back in baseball shape is when you're, when you're casted, we tell us the patients all the time, 
If you don't use it, you lose it. And so that period of immobilization and not using the muscles in his forearm and in his elbow really are to his detriment because he's, he's not able to keep them strong and keep them in baseball shape. So next stage is a rehab for Kluber are going to be the getting back in baseball shape, followed by a formally resuming baseball activity and then some sort of longer uh, rehab stint. I would imagine probably three or four starts before he sees the big league roster. And I, it would not surprise me in the slightest if this thing takes all the way until the beginning of August. So he's making progress, albeit slow, uh, Corey Kluber, but he, he'll be back after the All-Star break for the Cleveland Indians. That's good news. You'll have to hear that. Andrelton Simmons here for the Los Angeles Angels. Um, Brandon talked about him in the last podcast, um, dealing with a grade three left ankle sprain. He was placed on the IL on May 21st. Uh, Brandon, you talked about this two weeks ago. Uh, but the, the grade three ankle sprain goes with any other grading system that we talk about here on the Fantasy Doctors podcast. Um, your grade three um, strain or sprain, that's a complete rupture of the ligament. If it's a sprain or the uh, musculotendous unit, if it's a sprain. Um, so it, it's actually pretty remarkable what uh, Andrelton Simmons is able to do. He begins his minor league rehab assignment with the, rookies, rookie, with the Angels Rookie League affiliate tonight on June 18th. Um, that, that's that's pretty great to me, Brandon. That, have you seen somebody with a grade three ankle sprain recover that that quickly? This is about a month. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a lot faster than we t- what we typically see to have a complete tearing of the ligament and to have an element of instability in the ankle. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, co- to come back non-surgically, even over a longer period of time, it, it, it can be tough. And here we are with Simmons, just a, a month removed from this thing, and, and he's making great strides. I think the, the big thing to look at, though, when he returns is his ability to, to change direction. Maybe when he hits, hits the bag and see how he can plant and, and get out of the box will be, really be something worth keeping an eye on. Uh, but not something yeah. you typically see, these guys coming back from grade three injuries this quickly. Yeah, they're expecting him back at the end of the month. And like you said, he's a shortstop. So even like a backhand or a forehand up the middle, just seeing how confident he is uh, pivoting on that ankle. Sure. And, you know, Aaron, I think I've got uh, some Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball podcast history here. Uh, I was about to, drop some, about to drop some breaking news. I just got an alert to my phone just four minutes ago. Oh, man. That Max Scherzer, pitcher for the Nationals, broke his nose after fouling a ball off his face in batting practice. Come on. No way. So, um, not something we really see in the, in the PT world, but uh, I'd imagine they'd have to evaluate the, the extent of the break, see if the fracture's displaced at all, and if he needs nasal surgery. Uh, but this is a developing story that I'm sure we will have updated information for you guys on the Fantasy Doctors website over the course of the next couple of days, and then we will certainly hit on this one in a couple of weeks when we're back on the air for Episode 5. Brandon, could I interject with a, a piece of news that I just got as well? from uh, Jesse? Jesse Morse, he, he's, he's telling us in the, uh, the Fantasy Doctors group chat that Jose Altuve will return on Wednesday, June 19th, after dealing with a knee and, knee and hamstring injuries for the, for the past six weeks. So there, there's your most up-to-date uh, report on Jose Altuve. Scratch everything that I just said. <laughs> <laughs> we love our, our, our team here at the Fantasy Doctors, great group of physicians and PTs that stay all up to speed on the latest things when it comes to injuries. So jumping to this day in baseball history, we've got three dates here for you, Aaron. Uh, a couple of interesting ones here. In 1950, in the second game of a doubleheader against the Athletics, my Cleveland Indians, this game occurred at the old Cleveland Stadium. The Indians established a new American League record by scoring 14 runs in the first inning. 
as they beat Philadelphia <laughs> 21 to two. Um, so that's pretty crazy. 14 runs in the first inning, the actual modern day record I was looking as well was set three days or not three days, three years later in 1953. This is for any inning when the Red Sox actually scored 18 runs in one inning. So the Indians have the record for the first inning and the Red Sox have the record for most in any inning at 18. That's just got to be demoralizing, especially the first ending one. Cause you new game, you're all excited. And then you just get 14 put up on you in the first inning. You almost, you almost need like a drink break right. out there on defense for that. Right, right. That in 1973, going along with the Father's Day theme from uh, just this past Sunday, happy Father's Day, belated that is to all the fathers out there. Um, but the A's, again, um, are involved in this one. And they had a mustache day promotion at the stadium. <laughs> and they gave fan, all fans with mustaches free admission into the park. Um, and Charlie Finley, who was the manager or, or excuse me, the, the team owner at the time offered his players a $300 bonus for anybody who grew facial hair in support of the event. And everybody on the team actually participated except a, a gentleman by the name of Vita blue, who was still upset and bitter with the owner about his recent contract negotiations. And so <laughs> he, he lost out on $300 because he refused to grow a mustache. That would have cut right into the, uh, the discrepancy in the, in the contract negotiation. So he should have just bit the bullet on that one. Should have bit the That's bullet. I, I mean, maybe it would have worked out in his favor. Absolutely. <laughs> another, father's, another Father's Day, this day in baseball history, uh, going back to Nolan Arenado, he became the fifth major leaguer to hit a walk-off home run to complete the cycle. He had a three-run home run off of Mark Melanson uh, to beat the Giants at Coors Field 7-5. to five. The game-ending home run was the team's first four-game sweep of San Francisco in the 25-year history of the franchise. So kind of neat when any player can hit for the cycle, uh, let alone have a home run be the one that caps it off, and then a walk-off home run on top of that. So an exciting feat there for Arenado and the Rockies just two short years ago. That's, that's got to be like just pure jubilation. You know, cycles are so rare to come by, and then just walk it off for your team. That's just got to be – that's just got to be the tops. And I also saw a cool stat about Arenado. I think within the past three years, he has the most um, bare hand slow rollers by like 20 compared to the next, the second best guy. He's always Man. just, you know, bare hand, those slow rollers, chucking it over there about 92 miles an hour. He, he's, he's fun to watch, Brandon. That's impressive. You know what baffles me? I talk about my dad, I talk this about, about this with my dad all the time is there are people out there who have to keep track of these stats. Slow roll <laughs> to third base. How many yeah. hits this guy has while it's raining on a Tuesday when it's in the seventh inning? I mean, it's, it's just crazy stuff, but the stats always seem to be out there. You got in the, in the age of analytics, even, even like going towards football, just the people that map out every route that a receiver runs during a year and their success rate on each one. That's great. I don't, I could never imagine even doing that. So, so, respect everyone that can do that and has the patience and uh, that's just awesome to me it's great work i mean they're keeping the sports nice and progressive and really bringing fans an inside look at, at some of these more obscure stats and when it comes to fantasy sports with the uh, with the routes i guess it'd be more pertur- pertinent for football uh, just knowing their success rate on, on, on maybe a post or on maybe a slant i i think goes a long way for, in the world of fantasy sports definitely Wrapping things up here on episode four, Aaron, thanks to each and every one of the listeners for listening. As always, uh, just a few moments ago, I flubbed and realized that we did not put in the waiver wire 
column. We're not getting rid of it. I just forgot to have it in the show script pre-show. Uh, so that one's on me, Aaron. We'll have that back in there when we record again in a couple weeks. I'll leave it to you for any final thoughts here before uh, we head off on our way. Man, we're just, we're so thankful for you guys for listening. Uh, as I said last episode, don't, don't feel hesitant to reach out to us if you have any questions about your fantasy baseball teams, any injuries that we've discussed, people that we didn't discuss. You know, there's always, there's always people that uh, we're not able to discuss on here. So reach out to us if you have any questions, concerns, comments, um, only good comments about the show. We, we don't want to hear any, <laughs> any, any, uh, any hate towards the show. I'm just kidding. We appreciate that as well. Constructive criticism is always welcomed. Um, but yeah, like I said, just reach out to us. We're more, more than willing to help you guys and uh, just to get the most out of your fantasy baseball teams. And we're, we're, we're coming up here towards the all-star break and it's been an exciting season so far. So many home runs. It's been, it's been awesome. Like Aaron mentioned, you can reach out to us and you can find us all on Twitter. Uh, the fantasy doctors at the fantasy DRS myself at BL Bowers 12 and Aaron at Aaron Berger underscore PT. Be sure to check us out at our website, www.thefantasydoctors.com. There's always new content up on the site with regards to new injuries across all sports. We've got some cool stuff that's coming out for fantasy football season later this fall. So be sure to keep an eye out for that. Download and review us on iTunes or whatever streaming platform you utilize. And until uh, the next episode, which I believe will be July 2nd, so the week of July 4th, that'll be a fun week. We're heading off the airways. You guys all have um, a wonderful couple of weeks, and we'll talk to you again then. Thanks for listening, guys. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.